Hmm. Amazing. It's absolutely amazing. But under the right circumstances, a producer could make more money with a flop than he could with a hit. Hmm. Yes, it's quite possible. Welcome to the NFC East Show, the only show keeping the NFC East honest. Williams, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. You know, uh, autumn is upon us. Feels good that football's back. A lot is happening, but I think the more things change, the more they stay the same. And I'm looking forward to another year of putrid NFC East uh, performances. You're so right, man. We've the the winds of change are blowing through town. We've got. We've got the Cowboys leading off the season against the Bucks on Thursday. We've got um, a full slate of NFC East action coming up this weekend. I'm really excited for football to be back. How about you? Yeah, you know, I wasn't a week ago, but I am now. Something about it, something about the weather changing every year really prompts it. It used to also be like going back to school. Yeah, you know, like first week back in school, you'd be like, "All right, it's football season." Um, but yeah, I'm really feeling it now. I'm looking forward to to finding a place to watch the game on Sunday. I don't know if I'll I'll watch it with my folks or you know, I'm not sure what the plans are yet, but I'm I'm looking forward to getting really bad again. So <laughs> I'm ready to get hurt again. <laughs> and I think we're I think we're gonna have plenty of reasons to be hurt this year, and I'm excited to talk about it with you. This is our preview pod. Before we get into uh previewing each of the teams, I just wanna recognize that again this was not a uh, a general election was not ballots were not distributed across everyone so i think it has to be somewhat in question with the validity of this election but uh based on who was polled you won the first uh off season all 2000s nfc east team congrats man thank I, you thank I, it, you it pains me to congratulate you because i know deep down in my heart um my defense is better than your defense but <laughs> People don't agree. Uh, do you have any, Do you want to say a few words? Do you want to thank the voters? Do you want to thank Todd Harriman's? What do you want to say? Oh, uh, well, first of all, Todd, if you're listening, uh, this is what you get. You're, you're the reason Raftery lost this. So I hope you feel that in your soul. Um, and yeah, you know, I just, I stand on the shoulders of giants. It's really all those NFC East characters that. Is that a, is that a pun? You stand on the shoulder of giants. Each? <laughs> <laughs> not, not intentionally. They lift me up like Eagles wings. Uh, <laughs> this is my favorite I can't think of a Washington game, football like one. Yeah. Cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, I, I think one thing that was forgotten that wasn't really focused on enough was that uh, we did choose coaches as well. We didn't publicize that. And I do want for the record, Raftery chose uh, Andy Reed and uh, I chose Ben McAdoo. So <laughs> it was, it was a toss up between McAdoo and Jim Zorn and, uh, and Joe Gibbs at his current age. He might be dead. I, I don't know. He was always a healthy guy. We're gonna have to look up. Is Joe Gibbs? I feel is I. It's it's a coin toss for me. Is he alive? It feels Actually, like one of those things I knew about in like 2012 and forgot. If, if you died. know that Joe Gibbs is alive, please email us at nfclisemailbag at gmail.com. We will take any and all submissions. Yeah. Where is Joe Gibbs? Is Joe Gibbs healthy? Yeah. Please let us know. All right. Uh, well, 
let's move into the preview. Who do you want to do first? Let's do uh let's do our homers first, just so we're like not okay. don't meander towards the end. So I guess let's do do one of the Giants first. Let's do Giants offense yeah. and then Giants defense. <clears throat> How are you yeah, feeling Gi- about the Giants this year, man? Bad. Very bad. It's not looking good, is it? <laughs> no, but you know, this is there's this classic, and I know that you're now like frequenting the Giants Reddit and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and you're up on what's happening. This happens every year where the Giants look horrendous in training camp and in in preseason. And all the beat reporters are tweeting stuff like, (laughs) I've seen more drop passes today than at like a JV football practice. Like terrible, terrible stuff. And and all the fans online are like, man, it's just training camp. Like these reporters are full of shit. Like they don't know anything. And then the Giants (laughs) look so bad. The Giants haven't won – I don't think the Giants have won an opening game. In like eight years, I, it's something insane. Like the Giants have not won an opening game since I was in high school or something. Yeah, I do think there is something to like not being able to judge a team in training camp. Uh, a, it is reporters, which usually aren't the most uh, objective sources of information. And then also th- the teams are mostly playing. I know they have joint practices now, but mostly they're playing themselves, which is a very mm-hmm. hard way to get like any sort of like qualitative judgment about how they may play against other teams. You just don't know how good or bad both offense and defense is, but what, what the giants up and down the roster have put on tape in preseason games and training camp this year has not been encouraging. And I think one of the biggest locuses of attention right now, and we've been saying it's all off season is on Daniel Jones. Like is, is this going to be the year? Maybe it doesn't even break out, but just like does enough to keep an offense on schedule and to feed the talented players around him, which is, I don't know whether it's a combination of coordinator and him or just him, but he hasn't been dialing it in all off season. Yeah. There are some really concerning signs there. I think mostly that he hasn't, he doesn't look any different in terms of his processing and going through his reads and kind of sensing pressure, those were, those have been his issues the whole time. It's just that mental side of things. Um, and it so far, it doesn't look promising. I don't think the Giants have helped him out. The offensive line looks really bad. I know they've invested some, some big picks in that O-line, and it still just looks atrocious, um, which isn't going to go well for him. Uh, and not to get too in the weeds here, I also think the way – I think we've talked about this before, but the way that the Giants see Daniel Jones is just wrong. They're trying to make him into kind of a pocket passer and 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 kind of have him go through an extended, complicated, slow-developing offense when I think it should be much more improvisational. Let him use his legs, roll him out all the time, make him act instinctively rather than try to treat him like he's Peyton Manning and make him think that that's what he has to be because he's just mm-hmm. not that. Yeah, do you a question just popped in my head for you. Do you think that uh I hate to use the word bust. I'm not going to use the word bust. Is it is it too early to say that Daniel Jones is a reach at where he was drafted? I think people were saying that right afterwards. So I, uh, I I know that, but it's like Yeah. I for me and for me on him, I I don't think he's a bad player. Like I even yeah. think what he's put on tape up to this point isn't necessarily bad or like he's a player that you can't win with right yeah it's it's this weird thing where he clearly wasn't a top 10 pick i think he's still a first round caliber quarterback 
you know, I think maybe ideally you would have taken a guy like him mid to late first round as opposed to top 10. But even then it's like, all right, even if the Giants reached a bit to draft him at five and he isn't worth that, you still expect a late first round guy to play winning football. And that feels more like it's on the coaching staff and, and how they've approached developing him than, than him himself, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think uh, six was a reach. Many people thought it was a reach at the time. We, you know, I, I thought it was a reach at the time. I, I wanted uh, Allen who went to Jacksonville in that spot, the defensive end. I think his name, his name is Allen, right? I'm going insane. But um, sorry, I'm looking through the draft back then. I think one of the reasons why this pick makes sense uh, is, or or can be defended, is that there no quarterback taken after him is markedly better. Dwayne Haskins is the only other first rounder, and then you have this fall off into like the Drew Locke, Gardner yeah. Minshew. Like it just ended up. Besides Kyler being drafted first overall, it ended up not being a deep quarterback class at all. So for me, and I think I think we're on the same page about this throughout the season as we go week to week. But I, I think I think the I think it's the Daniel Jones hot seat. I think that's what defines the giant season. Saquon's still nursing back. I think he'll be. Off, I mean, for someone who didn't play for more than one game last year, of course he's going to add more to that offense this year, provided. He, he stays healthy. I don't know whether he'll be a game breaker like you expect him to be, but given that, if his ceiling is just like serviceable, you know, ground and pound kind of like potential game breaker at running back, then it does really fall on DJ and the passing game to keep the Giants offense on schedule more so than Saquon. And I think that's going to be the linchpin, you know? Absolutely. And adding like Jones is gone if this year doesn't work out, I think. First of all, because it'll be clear that what he what he has never grown into, it will become more and more evident that that's just not going to happen. Like he yeah. he won't be a pocket passer, or he won't sense pressure. What all those things, and the Giants have multiple first round picks next year, so they yeah. can bundle and move up if they need to for a franchise quarterback. You have to think that was in the back of their minds when they when they traded down in this year's draft. Yeah, for sure. Now uh, the defense last year on the Giants. Uh, that was the one surprising bright spot. They have added a few more pieces there. Are you feeling positive? Are, do you feel like that will be the strong suit of the team this year, but just maybe not strong enough to to get them over the hump? How do you feel about the defense? Yeah, I think the defense will be good. It's it's harder to predict defensive performance year to year, mm-hmm. um, especially when it's kind of like what the Giants did last year, which was a lot of like little scrappy guys making big plays and big moments. Um, I think I had a Nico Lalos rant uh, at one point. So it's it's things like that that you can't count on to happen again. I do think that they're going to be more of like a bend, don't break defense. Like, you know, they're going to allow a good amount of field goals, but I think they'll definitely get tougher. The issue with that is that field position becomes a question, and I don't think the offense is good enough to churn out, you know, 70-yard drives over and over. So... I, I like the defense. I don't think it's enough to really change what the core of this team is. All right. My one last Giants question for you before we go to the Eagles. Last year, the Evan Ingram drop compilation YouTube video was approximately <laughs> two minutes long. Over or under in 2021? 
under because he's hurt right now. I, I think the thing he just won't have the opportunities. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I, I want to like Evan Ingram. By all accounts, he's a good guy. I mean, I'm not going to like him, but I want. Why are to. you heel turning on Evan Ingram right now? Just continue doubling down. Do you, <laughs> you don't be a nice know. guy going into 2021. I'm like I'm depressed, man. I need to. <laughs> the vitriol is He's there a for me, good right? guy. What the fuck are you talking <laughs> about? <laughs> okay, all right. You want me to double down here? <laughs> when Evan Ingram isn't being a net negative on the field, he's hurt. He's hurt a lot. Yeah. Uh, that gets forgotten, and he's hurt right now. I think this is going to be one of those years where he's hurt, so that he can kind of slink back into the shadows of Giants memories like oh dude when this off like when Ingram comes back that's when this offense will like start hitting its stride right it's it's an act of like self-delusion at large he's gonna um, sign like a contract extension week seven before he like comes that's exactly back. that's he's gonna have he's gonna have, he's gonna come off like IRR he's not yeah. on IR right now but he's gonna like you know we'll see what happens he's gonna come off IR he's gonna have a big game like 90 yards, a TD, a couple first downs, like makes a guy miss, immediately pen to like a four-year, $60 million <laughs> extension. And then, this, you know, that's just – it's tantalizing. That's the whole frustration with him. It's, anyway, uh, we'll have – you know, there was an Evan Ingram drops compilation, but what we need is a, is a Sean Evan Ingram rant compilation. <laughs> Uh, we'll do that. I'll stitch that together when and if he ever leaves the Giants. It'll be like was, our our depart our goodbye card to Evan Ingram. <laughs> because I was right about him, and I've yeah. been right about him for a long time. I'm wrong about almost everything I say on this. I'll set it to like some right nice instrumental piano music at, in the back, <laughs> like Avril 14th by Apex Twin or something. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be good. <laughs> All right, what let's a go. <laughs> let's go let's go to the eagles um you know i've been obviously i'm the homer here do you want to do you want to ask me what my what my opinions are about yeah, this team walk, walk me through offense and and why you feel how you feel so i think uh i think overall the big question for me going into this season and off season for the Eagles was Sirianni and Jalen Hurts. Like, who are these guys? What do they do? What's their vibe? I think early returns out of training camp kind of confirmed that maybe Sirianni is underrated. You know, I think that I don't think I don't think we can say he's like a Super Bowl quality coach right now, but he's bringing a good and healthy enthusiasm, energy, and some discipline to locker room. It seems I can't, I really can't knock from what we've seen the job he's done with the team so far with Hertz. I mean, I think he's kind of who we, we think he is. He's a young unproven has some juice in his legs, but maybe will be kind of a pedestrian passer. And who knows with the weapons the Eagles have, what that actually translates to, to, to offense. Right. I think ceiling they're probably not a top 10 offense. Their ceiling probably is like somewhere 11 to 15, more likely 15 to 20. You know, it really depends. I, I see them ultimately in that 10 to 20 overall offense window where they'll probably cough up some turnovers that look ugly. There'll probably be some games where they look 
electric, but a lot of games where they're stifled and shooting themselves in the foot because Sirianni can't figure out the rhythm of play calling against this particular opponent. Jalen Hurts maybe makes some boneheaded decisions over a 17-game stretch. You know, I don't think that we can look at four games last year and assume that the sparks he had there will carry over over 17 straight games. So I think it'll be a learning experience for them this year. But I think ultimately they'll come out on the more positive end. They'll make fans feel like it's worth doubling down and investing around this core going into next year. Then it will be like, oh, wow, we're, we're riding the wrong horses, you know? Right. What I notice when I look at this roster is how young the wide receiver core is and yeah. how that's kind of been a thorn in the side of Phil or Eagles fans for the last couple of years. What do you think the skill position situation looks like this year on offense? Uh, I'm happy J.J. Ortega-Whiteside made the team. <laughs> this is what doubling down looks like. This is the wrong kind of doubling down. I want I want that to be remembered as the first thing I said about the Eagles wide receivers this year. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think that my my attention is honestly most on Jalen Rager. Um, I think Devontae Smith, you know, like any top ten rookie wide receiver, maybe he looks like Justin Jefferson. Maybe he looks like he's a little bit too young for the league. No one really knows until we start playing, right? I would love if he shows up on the top end of rookie wide receivers. I would love to feel like we have like the next, you know, Randy Moss or Deshaun Jackson or something going into 2022. But I don't think that's hardly ever a wide receivers rookie year. You know, for me, it's do we have the beginnings of a young core that can grow with Jalen Hurts? Or are we going to be playing like hot potato with wide receiver over the next four to five years? And I think Rager showing something in his sophomore season combined with hopefully like some of the energy and juice from like Quez Watkins or, you know, any of the other down the depth chart wide receivers will show at least something that is like, okay, this is like a core of, three to four players that we can like slap some value driven two to three year contracts on over the next like three to four years and have them grow with Jalen Hurts. Otherwise it may just be Devontae Smith and that's like not a good situation to be in. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, okay. Do you have any other offensive thoughts? I think it's a big Miles Sanders here. I think it's a make or break for him. It could be, yeah. I mean, he he's good. I think, but the is only he thing with... good? Good. That's my question. Like, is I think he he's good? I I just he doesn't have for his size. He doesn't have the horizontal movement that I would hope he would. He's, he's yeah. He he hits the hole strong, and I think that with good offensive linemen like we've been blessed with, he can break off some runs, but he's not going to... He hasn't consistently made the second-level miss in his career yet. He's just ran past them in the passing game, you know? Yeah, I do feel like... I think it's like... That's the division between, like, a... You know, a top-10 running back and, like, a middle-of-the-pack running back. Like, is he David Montgomery or, like, prime LaShawn McCoy? 
you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think part of that question is going to come down also to, he just doesn't get a lot of touches yeah. historically because Doug Peterson is off the Andy Reid tree of loving to pass the ball no matter what. Um, so he just, to, like his, his rate stats are really, really good. Like his yards per carry and stuff like that is always good. You look at like mm-hmm. a game log for the Eagles after the game, it's always like Miles Sanders, eight carries for 74 yards or something. You're like, why the hell could you give him the ball more? Um, and I know your theory about all that. But, uh, well, he, I mean, you know, it, he's made to look good and get those opportunities. Right. Exactly. That's in space, right. You know? And that's, that's the question is like, to me, the next level is like bell cow back with similar rate stats. Is that possible? Cause if so, then these 800, 900 yard seasons become 1300 yards, total ball control of the offense. Like Which, if he can stay healthy, obviously that's a top five running back for yeah. sure. And, and for me, I think, if we're that unsure about the wide receivers and really also the tight ends, because who knows how long Ertz is going to stay here? Who knows if Goddard can be a bonafide number one as opposed to like a leftovers behind Zach Ertz getting primary coverage number two? You know, like, yep. I think that Sirianni would benefit from the comfort blanket of an actual bell cow running back. I We just don't know whether Miles Sanders is that guy. I think that he is like a dark horse hot seat guy for this year while most of the attention is rightly on Sirianni and Hertz. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. And then, uh, defense, you want to talk about defense? I think, uh, they'll be fine. They're not going to be I, great. <laughs> I'm a hater for this defense. Oh, I yeah? hate, I hate this defense you hate on it? paper. Part, okay. So part of it is like the giants last year. I hate, I, I didn't like their defense on paper entering the year, but I think mm-hmm. Patrick Graham, the defensive coordinator did a great job. I do think defense is one of those things where you can, coach up some of these random dudes and put them in the right spots and suddenly the defense is adequate, you know, and maybe maybe the Eagles have that this year. New coaching staff, always hard to tell. But, man, I look at this back seven, like the linebacking core into the secondary, like Anthony Harris and Steven Nelson and Jannard Avery. Like, I'm not, I'm not inspired, man. Yeah, the one thing is, like, it really does come down to Gannon, for me and how how he schemes this defense. I'm very used to watching Schwartz, right? Yeah. And I look at this and to me this roster is still constructed like a Schwartz defense, right? Where uh the defensive line will still be the strength, bar none. Um the linebackers will have to do just enough and coverage is mostly physical and not finesse, you know? just trying to maul people and get to the quarterback pass. You know, I, Steven Nelson, I don't think is as good as some Eagles fans are hyping up to be. I think we're just desperate for a left corner opposite of Darius Slay. And Darius Slay isn't even as much of a shutdown corner as he thinks he is. I think that our only bonafide secondary piece is probably Rodney McLeod. And I'm with you. Unless uh, Eric Wilson steps up, our linebackers are in pretty bad shape as well. I think that still the defensive line is the bright spot. And I think that we're all, we're also going to benefit, I think from being last last year, we're not, we have the easiest schedule in division. I think this defense is good enough for most of the competition we have, but this isn't a playoff defense. Yeah. I think, Fletcher Cox has been the winchpin of this defense for so long. 
And I feel like it's one Fletcher Cox injury away from being like the worst defense I've ever seen in my life. But uh, we'll not, see. The Jets exist, man. We're at least going to rank 31. <laughs> not actually the worst defense. <laughs> very exposable defense that you can attack. Because to me, not to get too into the like X's and O's, if Fletcher Cox is around and he's still 85% of what he once was, it's very hard to run the ball. Against yeah. against the Eagles defense, Graham also a pretty good run stuffer, and Javon Hargrave. Like there are some guys here there who can stop the run, and so you want to get after that secondary with questions and that middle level linebacking core that has probably some coverage issues, I would assume. Um, but if the defensive line gets banged up in any way, then suddenly it's like we got to start selling out to stop the run or we got to like, it just gets a lot. Your options become so much more limited. So as it is right now, the defense has upside, but I think injuries are inevitable. And if any injury happens in the wrong spot to the wrong guy, Graham or Cox or even Barnett, like it could get iffy fast. Yeah. I think another thing that we need to be mindful of as Eagles fans too, is like, at least in my experience watching football, and I have no idea whether this is like, an actual educated take or not when it comes to like developing players, I think throwing young defensive players into the deep end is a lot worse than throwing young offensive players into the deep end. <laughs> yeah. Especially I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like ideally this defense does stay healthy and we don't promote like weird practice squad guys into starting positions. Like we've had to do for the past three to four years. Cause I think, just even mindset wise, like in defense, you're trying to prevent something from happening. And if you fail to prevent something from happening, that affects your ego and your confidence on offense. You can always just kind of blame the fact that the defense was good and just like, Oh, we'll live to see another down. Yeah. Like, let's just try to get to the next series sort of mentality, which I think is like fine for like the confidence of a young, bad offensive player who's learning on defense. Yeah. Your lessons come at the expense of scores, which I think really hurts some young guys. And I don't want, to put like, you know, Zach McPherson, the young corner we got, you know, in that position to have to play corner one this year, you know, yeah. I think he'll be much better off into years two, three, and four of his career getting easy wins in the slot this season and only being asked to do that, you know? Yep. I want to finish on the Cowboys since I have some... <laughs> Hard knocks takes. Let's yeah. let's do Washington really quick. So, quite frankly, my opinion of Washington hasn't really changed throughout the offseason. They've done their business. They've remained quiet. I think for me, offense comes down to Fitzpatrick and whether he can keep them on schedule. And really, this team will live, live and die by their defense. But if I had to... If I had to bet on one team winning this division this year, I think they've got the least problems. That doesn't mean they're they've got the highest ceiling. They just yeah. have the least problems. <laughs> yeah, I, I I love this Washington team for what they are. Um, they're they, they'd be my pick to win the division tomorrow. Um, I think Fitzpatrick was a great pickup because his play style is a little more gunslinger and a little less game manager. And I feel like you can take those risks when you have such a good defense, which I'm barring horrific injuries, I would expect this team to have an outstanding defense and also a defense that creates chaos. Like I talked earlier about the Giants 
not getting good field position, even if their defense looks good. I think this Washington team is going to create turnovers, get a ton of sacks. Teams are going to be punting from their own end zone. And so Fitzpatrick is going to be working with a lot of short fields. The Curtis Samuel addition only helps that offense and takes some pressure off McLaurin. Some questions around the offensive line, like I think that's just the state of the league right now is so many teams' offensive lines are, are sh- kind of shabby at best. Uh, but there's so – I just – this defense, man, I just love. This <laughs> This front seven is so fun. Montez Sweat, I think you and I agree, is yep. like a completely underrated monster. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him really grow more. Matt Ioannidis, theoretically back this year healthy. 100 and central. 100 and central school. product, right? The pride of, <laughs> the the pride pride of whatever of con- con- county you're from. Uh, <laughs> I can never keep I those jerseys. I played football with his brother, Matt right. Ioannidis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, and and then there's Chase Young, who who was good last year, really good, and kind of grew into the season. And who I think, if if that trajectory continues, there's no reason to believe he's not just a complete yeah monster this year. Like like 15 sacks, total domination, has to be double teamed at every opportunity. So what's not to like? Like I this team see, is fun. There's the so much thing, fun. The only thing, just to play devil's advocate and like nitpicking it, and this is nitpicking it. I just want to see it for the entire season. Like, yeah, the they got hot last year. Um, defense does tend to come and go, and it comes with like fitness and film study throughout the year. Like, can can Rivera keep this defense disciplined enough to basically be lights out most games? You know, and yeah. if he can, and it's not just like a late season rally to try to get them into the playoffs where they're playing out of their minds, mm-hmm. you know, then then it's very uh then i completely agree even if they aren't lights out they're still going to be very good and one thing that came to my mind while you were talking about the offense is i actually you know fitzpatrick's a journeyman i have liked him from afar i now that he's in my division i have this gut instinct to hate him now just because (laughs) i don't want it to work out for washington yeah right but the one thing i actually do kind of like for him in this point of his career is the pairing with Ron Rivera. I think they're low key, a very compatible coach quarterback mix Rivera being kind of the more gunslinging aggressive, but also defensive minded coach that can probably just trust of an old journeyman vet like Fitzpatrick to basically co offensive coordinate the offense with the coaching staff. You know, I think that could be a very potent uh chemistry mix for this washington team this year that they maybe couldn't have gotten if they drafted a young guy and tried to like mature a franchise guy into that role this year you know obviously if they are good with fitzpatrick it becomes like a flash in the pan like almost mini buck situation where they're trying to get as much juice out of the you know out of the orange that they can over the next like two seasons you know um because that isn't sustainable with Fitzpatrick, but you know, he's no Brady, but I can see it being a situation where it's like, these could be two or three very, very, very good seasons for Washington while they kind of try and sift for gold yeah. um, for a young, sustainable guy. That's, you know? that's pretty much where I'm at too. I think my kind of construction for them is like an, like a poor man's 
Ray Lewis Ravens. Yeah. Where it's the defense and then it's like Trent Dilfer or somebody back there, you know, good enough to get the job done, not going to hurt you more than he helps you, which is good. Um, and then let the defense just dominate people and force turnovers and give you just easy opportunities. And the modern NFL, you know, you're right that the defense, there's going to be games where teams put up 35 on Washington still, just because that's how it works now. But I, I think the games where, where, you know, last year our joke was that Washington won every game 20 to 17 in mm-hmm. dutiful fashion. And I think this I year think- it's, it's 23 to 14. <laughs> I was going to say, I think it's going to be 27 to 17. <laughs> right. It's just a little, it's just a slightly juiced up version of last year's construct. Yeah. I'm all about that. And you know what? Poor man's Bucks, poor man's Ravens. I think we're both kind of na- narrowing on that. That might be good enough to win this division this year. A very poor yes. man's version of yes. two Super Bowl winning teams. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh let's close out with our favorite, the Dallas Cowboys. Um what to say about this team? Uh I have been watching Hard Knocks on HBO and it's very interesting how that has shaped my perception of this team. I still think from what I've seen from them this offseason my take about both the offense and defense remains the same on paper. They're probably the most talented team in the division yeah. and the team that should win the division. It's never going to happen under Jerry Jones and Mike <laughs> McCarthy. It's just wow. not, <laughs> I'm sorry, Dallas fans like this is, <laughs> and you know, it's bigger than Mike McCarthy. It is, Mike McCarthy's the symptoms. Jerry Jones is a disease. You yeah, know? Like, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think McCarthy is like good or bad necessarily. I just don't think he's big enough to overturn whatever toxicity the Cowboys already have in place. I just I, go go do your thing about the Cowboys. Right. I just want to pull up my notes about Hard yeah. Knocks really. So quick. so one of our <laughs> for those of you who may have not listened before or who don't intimately know the details of me and Raftery's friendship going back every single year. I'm optimistic about the Cowboys and Raftery is pessimistic and Raftery's always right. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm optimistic again this year. I, I like Washington more because I think to your point, Sean, like Washington is just more of a sure thing. They have a yeah. lower ceiling than Dallas, but I've, am, if like I, I think there's almost no chance Washington like wins like five games, where I think there's a good chance Dallas wins like five games. Yeah. Um, Washington just a better, better uh, constructed like balanced roster right now. But when I look at Dallas, I do think okay, Dak, objectively the best quarterback in the division. Hurts to say it, but it's true. Uh, Zeke going to be usurped by Tony Pollard at some point. Tony is inevitable. That's just how it is. Uh, and then, but the, the receiving core, man, Amari Cooper, CD Lamb, and Gallup is like, they're going to put up, it's almost like the reverse of the Washington defense. Like, there's going to be games where they look out of sync and they don't look good, but they can hang 45 points on like anyone. Yep. And I, I that upside is tantalizing. So, Again, don't like them as much as Washington because those defensive holes are there. I don't think they've addressed the depth issues. Coaching is more of a concern for them than it is with uh, Rivera, in my opinion. But 
there's there's a lot of reasons. If I were if I were a Dallas fan, I would be looking on the bright side and thinking, okay, who in this division is gonna stop Dak? Like who is gonna respond to those kinds of drives? And it's hard it is hard to answer that question. I just I think for me, you know, my overarching Cowboys thesis is culture, 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 right? Even if I were to take my culture bias out of the equation, one thousand percent agree the Cowboys talent wise can hang 45 points on anyone on any given week but will they that's so, the big sometimes question. but not but that's often I mean. enough that's yeah not, how often will they do that yeah right? I, I, hear I, I think the defense will be improved i think that it's hard to get worse than how the defense was last year um i don't think they're necessarily a good enough defense to keep to win games where the offense isn't clicking and does the offense need to click 45 points worth for them to win games? No, I'm not expecting it to be like that maybe was the case last year that every game had to be a shootout. That was like 45 to 37. I think this defense is good enough to hold teams to like 20, 23, 27 and have the offense score 30, 35 and win the game. Right. I just don't. I I just fail to see because because they haven't they haven't like Washington has last year they haven't put enough consecutive games on paper yeah. to give me confidence like with even yes like McCarthy's only had one season but even Dak going back to the Jason Garrett era and Zeke going back to the Jason Garrett era and you know Cooper and all this kind of like core they've had for three to four years whether it's injuries culture weird cold streaks this or that or whatever like they've weird my biggest thing for hard knocks is they weirdly have not been humbled by going through <laughs> that like they still think they're the cream of the division and that they've just been hard done by luck which i don't think is like the right mentality to have if you're trying to like fundamentally become something you're not which is a 12 and 14 or a 12 <laughs> 13 and 14 here, you know? <laughs> here, here's my question for you going off of that is is that like a southern do you think that's a southern thing where it's like like some sort of like pr- prosperity gospel confidence like if i believe it it will come true type stuff like or is I it just the way t- the cowboys i think you're were? keying into something i think that's not far off i think it's that combined with just like being the biggest show in texas right because for me like as a northeastern person the northeastern version of a chip on your shoulder is being like Nobody respects us. Like I worked so hard for this. Like I'm going to prove you yeah. all wrong. Like I hate all of you. And from what you've told me about Hard Knocks, it's much more like we're the like we we got a vibe going on. Like we're confident in ourselves. We have like this kind of uh, like swagger. <laughs> um, I'm just gonna pull out some moments from Saw and Hard Knocks. I just think it's egregious for a football team to go through during training camp. There was an entire five-minute segment where John Fossil, the special teams coordinator, explained to his special teams unit how his vasectomy worked. Like, not just like... <laughs> like, not just like... How he felt about getting a vasectomy the previous week. It was right. like, literally, he like explained like the snipping of the vast deference. Whoa. and like, <laughs> It right. was rough. Yeah, like, uh, like a PowerPoint type yeah. situation. <laughs> They were like asking, I'm like, why you should be talking about coverages right now. Why is this a thing that's going on? And why did you include it in your documentary? McCarthy used an Austin Powers quote 
to to keep the team motivated right. in practice. Can we can we can we talk about that for a second? Just like <laughs> when did Austin Powers come out? Real talk, like nineteen ninety nine. Right. When were most of these players born? Nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. Like. <laughs> That's not even an exaggeration anymore. Like. If you're born in 99, you're 22 years old. You are a yeah. you are a NFL rookie right now. <laughs> what is the over under on on Cowboys final roster guys who have seen Austin Powers? This is the well, longest you set the pause line. I've ever. You set the line. All right, okay. What's the line? You're right. You're right. That, what am I doing? <laughs> I'm out of practice. I think that's why my brain was breaking. I was, <laughs> yeah. like, I was like, am I setting the line and saying over under right now? <laughs> oh, God. My bad. All right. Uh, I'm going to say 11.5. 11.5 over. That's easy. Okay. You think so? I don't For sure. I don't, 53 players. I don't know if Austin. 53 players. Are, is 20% of 22-year-olds watching Austin Powers? I don't, maybe. No, I don't no, no. Oh, oh, okay. Sorry. I thought the question was like, has seen Austin Power. No, has not seen Austin Power. Sorry. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Who have seen it? Okay. Who then, no, under, it? under. Oh, under, <laughs> under 11 and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. I was about to say, I don't know if like 18 Cowboys are like talking about fat bastard or anything. <laughs> Ezekiel <laughs> Elliott's just yelling, get in my belly in the cafeteria. Yeah. Send us send us your best Cowboys Austin Powers memes. <laughs> that Zeke joke, by the way, I didn't really catch on until right now. It's so good. Uh, uh and then just so many Jerry moments. There was one moment where like he just Skyped Michael Irvin and just gushed about cd land for about five minutes which like i get like cd yeah. land is very good but it's just that kind of like glorifying of a player and kind of like it's like howie roseman wentz level like why are you calling a hall of famer just to like gush about just for confirmation bias like right. do you, does your ego really need to be stroked that much like you found cd lamb in the draft <laughs> right. you know like you know what i mean like yeah yeah he's good just have him be good and have him win a ring like you don't need michael irvin's opinion on it you know (laughs) (laughs) and then finally just like other jerry jones one that stuck out he he had a weird line about vaccines saying he's been pricked more than a cocker spaniel (laughs) (laughs) oh man he spent around he spent he spent a good chunk of like the end of the most recent episode like going on and on about Whataburger and how he how he gets his Whataburger delivered to him every day. And he said this weird thing where he was like, I don't reheat mine. And in the moment I'm like, oh. <laughs> why? He's like why 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 is that even like an opinion you have? Like who's right. saving fast food for <laughs> so later? Pop ever? It in the microwave. Yeah. <laughs> and then I realized like, oh like Jerry Jones gets his Whataburger delivered. And he's so like absent-minded, it probably just sits there for thirty minutes, and he eats it cold. Well, it's probably whereas like the rest getting of us, a, getting up the driveway or something. Is yeah, extra. but whereas like the rest of us just go to the window and get it hot in the first right. place. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like it's so weird, it's so bizarre down there. I just I can't see how that's a winning culture in today's NFL. I just can't. I take off four wins from them 
every wow. time they're just they're themselves. What I so like about a- you is that ninety five percent of the time you dismiss culture stuff as like tea leaf reading or like <laughs> inscrutable, unquantifiable information, and then when it comes to the Cowboys, you're like. Uh, culture minus nine wins. <laughs> well, they're so egregiously transparent about it. Like, I don't like, I mean, I'm, I'm with like, you. I'm with you. I'm used to like Philly where like trying to get any real information about the locker room is like trying to, to infiltrate yeah. Soviet Russia. Right. And, like, <laughs> you know, like they they wear their weird culture on their sleeves very brazenly, you know, yeah. it's like too obvious. Oh, anyway, man. what's a, uh, so now we've gotten our general impressions. Do you have do you have like a records prediction you want to throw out there? Yeah, I'll go from uh, bottom to top if that works. Go for it. Uh, Giants four and thirteen. Ooh. Yeah, I just think they're one. They're one bad like offensive line. Do you want to actually really? do like bottom to top like both instead of doing ours? So like I do my. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you do that. All right. So I had the Giants at five and twelve. So one more win. Yeah. But I think the one thing we probably agree on with those records is they're going 0-6 in this division. No, that's what I'm mad at no? you about. I'm mad no? at you about that. They're not going 0-6. They're not no? going 0-6. No. Who, 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 they're going to beat gets, Washington once going, just because <laughs> you know that's going to happen. And they're going to beat somebody else once. They're going 2-4. How are they I going 0-6 in this in this objectively bad division and then 5-6 and six otherwise? It seems like crazy. I don't – I, I think that I, the Giants have – I don't remember the last time they've gone winless in the division. I here's here's why I think I arrived at that five-win number while getting no wins in this division. The division was so bad last year. We have the benefit of playing the worst teams across the NFC. And we have the AFC West, which the Chiefs are probably good for four wins. Yeah, like three, like three point five. Yeah, yeah, but everyone else in that division, I think, are beatable teams for the NFC East. Yeah, maybe. I don't Broncos, Chargers, and Raiders. Yeah, it's hard to. I don't. They all feel better than us, except maybe the Broncos, but um, better than the Giants. That is, but I, I just like the Giants again. I have them four at thirteen, but like I don't. I don't think the division is good enough. You know, it's NFC East football. Crazy stuff's going to happen. The Giants are coming out of here with wins. They're not going 0-6. Mark it down. All right. Third. Who do you got? Philadelphia Eagles. Of course you do. Five and twelve. Five and twelve. They're going to be bad, buddy. Get ready. Strap in. They're bad. They're a bad football team. I'm so they were four eleven and one last year. What has changed? What has materially changed? The, the the offensive line's gotten a year older. The defensive line's gotten older. Who who is riding in on a white horse? To, unless I will say, unless Sirianni is really really good, like he's got to be like like poster boy Sean McVay twenty eighteen like tier good to change that. They don't have the horses, man. They just don't have it. Not I think honestly. Team. Where my prediction falls is basically I gave them the same five or six wins outside the division that I gave the Giants and then gave them more divisional wins. I know that you were – I'm mad at you. You were such a homer about this in my opinion <laughs> that I'm mad at you about this as well. But you you give your win count. All right. Well, I have to give my third place team before uh, I do the That's Eagles, true. Because it's not the Eagles. Yeah. It's the Cowboys. Yeah. I, I think the Cowboys are coming. So here was my take. I I – I definitely was a homer. I definitely 
gave shaved probably two to three defensible wins off of the Cowboys win loss totals, just in the name of being an Eagles fan and, and marking their culture down. If I'm being objective, I think you could easily swap the Eagles and Cowboys in this, but I had the Cowboys at nine and eight. I think the Eagles can be nine and eight or, you know, seven and 10, mm-hmm. eight and nine. That kind of mid tier. Yeah. That's, that's where I kind of have them. But honestly, I was doing this on my phone and I kind of lost track of who was matching up against what. So I was surprised that my numbers came out like this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, go that ahead. That was definitely some bias there. I do think nine and eight is in the realm of possibility for the Cowboys as well. I don't think that they're yeah. going to be that good either. I don't, I don't think I'm being, let me put it to you like this. When I do say my, my record for the Eagles in second place, I don't want that to invalidate my Cowboys in third <laughs> nine and eight thing. They okay. could also just be in second at nine and eight. I think right. nine and eight. Is the record is what real. matters here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like a very real possibility for this Cowboys team. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that segues into my second place team. If that works. Yeah. Um, go for it. Cowboys at nine and eight. That's my second. There place you team. go. So. And you got, you got the record right too. Yeah. That's, that's where I'm at. So. I had the Eagles at 11 and six. Crazy talk. <laughs> Dude, I don't it look, it's football. Anything can happen in football. If the Eagles are eleven and six, it's only because Jalen Hurts has like turbo boosters strapped to him or something. They're like it's so hard to imagine a world yep. where they are balanced enough to make that happen. But I I'm I'm gonna enjoy hating I think this is my year to hate on the Eagles and really <laughs> yell at each other about it. Uh Last year, it's I was kind of nice. So Yeah, uh, and just kind of thinking through my thought process when putting these together, I just think, like, I think I roughly gave every team in the division the same wins against their... Because I think all of these teams are basically as good as one another against the rest of the NFL. Like, <laughs> like Washington yeah, down I, I get to that. New York <laughs> are not, like, that much... Like, Washington's not, right. like radically better than the giants against most other NFL teams. They're just very good within this division, you know? So I think I roughly gave everyone five to seven wins against the rest of the NFL. And really the decider was the, the the division against one another at which I had the giants at zero and five, the Cowboys at three and three, the Eagles at four and two, and then we'll segue right into our first place teams. Who do you have? Obviously, Washington. Left. Washington. Yeah. <laughs> What's I, your I, record you had for them? I didn't really have a, a record in mind, but I think eleven and six to twelve and five checks out. They're not good enough to win. It's also harder with the seventeen game thing. I have a tougher time mentally. Fa- like, what is a thirteen and four team? You know. Yeah. Um, but I don't think they're good enough to be like a. A thirteen or fourteen win team, but I can see them easily getting to eleven wins, especially in this division. Yeah, I had them at twelve and five, and then, like I said, the big separator for me was I had them going five and one against in the division. I think the only loss I had for them was against the Eagles. <laughs> Just terrible. <laughs> the, the, they're they're losing to the Giants. Like, well, I think what's really fun. Is like my like it's both of our homerism coming like just in like Washington bias coming out. Where in my mind I'm like, 
oh, they're gonna they're gonna wipe the floor with the division, but the Eagles always win once. <laughs> but the Giants think, also always I, I win both. I think you're just I think you're just applying the same logic as me right. to Washington. We're we're using previous Washington teams because they've been they've been bad forever. And we're like, oh, it's still Washington. Like deep down, both of us are like, but it's Washington. <laughs> All right, man. Well, that does it for the preview. Um, I I don't want to waste time. I don't have a take around the league, okay. but I know I know you have one. Just it drop can, it, it can on. Wait. His, no, okay. I want to hear it. I want to hear it. I want to. I want right. to give a reaction. Let's get it going. Yeah. Let's get the season started again. Okay, and then I'll come prepared during our first week one episode next week. What's your take, man? Get rid of coaching staffs. There should not be any coaches. What the, the players, hell? What are you talking about? The players should have to call all the plays, plan the practices. It should be just the players as coaches figuring it out on the field. No more coaching. It's now cheating in my NFL. Doesn't Where's this coming anymore. from? What were you watching? That I don't know. I, just, I thought about this in July. I don't know why it came. It might have been something with like Joe Judge running laps and like that kind of thing. <laughs> Again, I like Joe Judge. It's not so much, but it's just about like something about like these are grown men. They're all grown men. Just they make them call the plays. Well, it'll be fine. It'll be more fun because then you can have stuff like, oh, you know, Daniel Jones is out here trying, like, dude, the memes that would come out of, like, a, a shook quarterback audibling into, like, three straight draw plays or something would be so good. <laughs> like, there would be nobody else to blame. It would be awesome. Well, it wouldn't be an audible. It would just be what he yeah, wanted to I, do. Yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm rambling. But uh, I, I so disagree with you, but also. Oh, you disagree? <laughs> you think there should be coaches in the I NFL? Think there should be coaches well, in the NFL. What a bold except, stance. Except, except for Sean McVay. I think we can ban <laughs> Sean McVay. <laughs> Matt Stafford has to call his own plays. <laughs> That's going to be a fun team to watch this year. But you know what's going to be more fun? Doing this with you again and watching this team, oh, this man. division be horrible. I'm shocked we even think one team in this division is going to get to 12 wins. And I really hope it happens. That would be so fun for us. I would be <laughs> – if if that – we need to start – like we need to find like a Washington guest fan if that happens. I just need to hear how happy that person – I've been so miserable for so long with my football team. And I don't hate Washington enough yet to like be mad if they're really good. So if if Washington gets to twelve wins, can we bring somebody on and just like I'll just drink I have a, or something? I have a few people in mind, possibly. All right. yeah. Good, good. All right. Until then, me. man. Yeah, looking forward to next it. next week. Let's do this. Two thousand twenty-one NFL. We're here. It's time. I'm excited, man. All right, I'll see you soon, buddy. Yep. Bye. Bye.